So good morning to all. I, uh, as I was, um, as I was preparing this time, uh, I, I just was swept over by a sense of humility, knowing, not knowing all of you, but having been here before and having, knowing a few of you, just how much service is in this room, how much discipleship is in this community, and how much pioneering this community has done in service to this the neighbors here, in service to the world, in service to the church. And so my next question was, what do I possibly bring to you? Uh, Because I am so um, honored to have the prayers and and the thought that you all can bring to our work in Advos and our peacemaking work here in Lancaster County. And Some of you have been involved as volunteers and in so many other ways. It is a real honor, and it is very humbling. But I thought of three things that perhaps I could share this morning, um, and not in this order. So um, first, I thought I could share a few stories about the work that you have supported uh, through Advos and the impact that that has made. And I think... Probably sometimes fewer is better, so I really have one story that, I, that, that has um, become very powerful just in the last month that I want to share. The other thing I thought is that I could offer an opportunity and a space for you to think about what conflicts and what brokenness and what needs for peacemaking you have in your life, perhaps and also in this faith body and to give that some prayer and to allow you to give that some prayer and, and, and concern um, so that it's not just about what I'm bringing, it's about your own power and prayer as a congregation. And the third thing is, uh, <clears throat> the again, the humbling thought that maybe I have a thought to offer. So I'm going to start there with the most risky thing that I have a thought to offer. Um, <clears throat> and that's a thought, perhaps an insight, for me it's been an insight at least, into how we make peace, how we love, and why we don't do it more. So this is really a story of, uh, in part, in large part, a story of my own journey, a story about uh, stumbling on uh, a, a call that seems to come up in my own life about being a collector, being a forms collector. So so what are forms? Forms Forms are what has struck me as being really what peacemaking is about. And the scripture from Genesis um, hit me sideways one day as I was contemplating on the work that we do in Advos in mediation and restorative justice, and I'll get to that a little bit more for those of you who aren't familiar. So um, the, the word that struck me in the, in the first three verses of Genesis was, and in a different past, in a different translation, 
um, from the NRSV, which I have now, the earth was formless and void. So in another translation, the one that got stuck in my head, probably King James, it's the earth was without form and void. In the beginning, as God was creating the heavens and the earth, the earth was without form. And then what happened? How did form come into the world? God said, let there be light. And this perhaps metaphor, but perhaps also a literal light, giving form to us has been something that... uh, a real, something of a realization of what's essential about creating, doing creation work, being part of God's creation, bringing the light into the world, bringing God's light into the world. So, um, so I heard on on the radio uh, sort of an expose about about matter, and it turns out that there's matter and antimatter according to physicists now that um, exist in, in an almost a state of equilibrium, that basically matter shouldn't exist. So there's matter and antimatter, and for every matter and antimatter, it cancels each other out, except for one part in one billion. We, matter, you and I, exist, according to scientists, because of one one billionth of a chance of a, a, a natural inconsistency, a flaw, a, a, an accident. We are in the world. Not only one of our atoms, but we, billions and billions of atoms, are in the world because of this amazing accident of creation. Because light brought form completely, one could say, by accident. How amazing to be part of that accident for us to be part of that accident. So I'm going to add one uh, caveat about what form is. And uh, because God said, let there be light, and there was light and there was darkness. And for me, as I understand form, it's about patterns that bring us closer to God, that bring out, one could say, the best in us. And I'll give you an example of, of a form that surely brings out the best in us, which is the form of hymn singing that we just did. I'm, singing, I'm sitting in the front row, just bathing in the harmonies of this congregation. And surely this is a form that brings us all closer to God. There are many. And I think the reason that we have to start thinking about forms is that our world is shifting. And that more and more pace of shifting in our world, electronics, information age, and the cultural shifts that are happening so quickly demand that we be thinking about adapting our forms. I'm not suggesting changing your hymn singing, by the way. No, that would be tragic. (laughs) But it also demands us thinking about how we strengthen our forms, right? How we how we be sure that some forms are so precious that maybe we want to keep them. So, um, so forms are what mediation are all, is all about. Mediation, restorative justice, is all about a form. 
It's about a way that people come together, a way that, um, a way that talking happens, a way that love can be unlo- unlocked. So when I, when I was in college, I was um, freshman in college. This will date me. I um, was part of a, it was a year when the first of its kind, a videotaped recording of a, a black man being beaten by white police officers was, um, became public, Rodney King. And that videotape, uh, the, the verdict of that trial uh, was, became, uh, as it was read, as the juror dis- jurors decided that all officers were acquitted of all counts in that beating, that they were accused, uh, that the whole country erupted in outrage, or much of the country erupted in outrage, and and some parts of Los Angeles erupted in violence in in response to that. And on my campus, my privileged college campus, people took over, a, a group of students of color took over the administration building of that campus. And being a it being a, a, what I thought was a very open and a, a welcoming college, I was confused. Why would, why would we want to take, take out uh, the frustration about racism on, 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 on our camp, college campus? Let's go to really, really racist institutions and do that. And I didn't really understand at that time how the university, the college, was in some ways, by being so majority white, just kind of continuing some of the Im- Injustices and structural imbalances in our world. So um, the first all-campus gathering happened that 300 people showed up, filled an, an auditorium, and the students who were a part of this wanted to host a dialogue about it. So they had a microphone, and they invited people to come up to the front and to speak what was on their hearts, what, what, what were their concerns. And one by one, people came up to the microphone spoke about why this was an important thing or why they were frustrated with the, their studies being shut down or that they couldn't finish their, their thesis or what various concerns. And then the mic, then it was done. The mic set, was set back in. Everyone was uh, out of time, and we left. And that was the dialogue. And I sat back in the back row. I had, maybe for the last time, I, I spoke not in that forum. Um, and just thinking, we can do this so much better. We can talk together so much better than this, than passing a microphone around a room of 300 and hoping something happens. We lost a really big opportunity. And over the years, we've inherited forms, right, of democracy that really are not inclusive, that are not incorporating voice into change. So I started on a journey of figuring out how we can do things like this better. And some of you may recognize that in this journey, in addition to learning mediation and conflict resolution, I I started realizing that we could be more creative about that kind of dialogue. And I started um, becoming interested in the arts and how improvisation and theater and dance even could, and music could be part of um, exciting 
ways, exciting forms of bringing voices together and having people listen to each other and, and having people see the face of Christ in each other in a new way. So I got into improvisation, and I'm just going to mention that because I think improvisation offers a couple of guideposts about how we can all welcome and understand the forms that are already in our life, that already work, but also to think about how we do peacemaking and how we bring the love that Paul asks us to, the love that never ends, right? How we can give form to it, because sometimes we have so much love in our hearts, but we don't know how to take the first step to, uh, to heal the brokenness that's theirs. So one thing that improvisation does is it, it, it always has warm-up. There's always a warm-up. So the music that, that was played for the prelude is a man named John Protopappas. He played for our annual dinner this year. Um, where Arun Gandhi was actually the, the speaker, the grandson of Mahatma Gandhi. And um, he plays a sitar, and there's a particular form that the sitar uses. And the very beginning of the, of the play is basically a warm-up. It's, it's, uh, they call it raga. And um, he's basically kind of feeling out the instrument, getting used to the instrument for all of us to hear. Now, oftentimes warm-ups don't happen in public, but, it, but it's worth thinking about how do you warm up to something that might be difficult. Right? How do you just kind of get in that mode? <clears throat> so the second part is there's a clear, there's clear beginning. A clear, so in mediation, the way that happens is that we, um, we may shake hands. We may say, please sit down. We may very formally host people so to say, would you like water or coffee? Um, and, and part of that then is about guidelines, is reading guidelines. So the, the beginning, and also that there's rules. It's important that there are rules and people agree to what the rules are, uh, guidelines, let's say. And something else that happens in improvisation is repetition, that we don't just try something once. We do it again and again. It's kind of like verses in a hymnal, right? Uh, we're not... We, we, if we only sang a song once through and then sat down and never heard it again, how much less deep that song would go. But verses be- allow us to sing and learn the song deeper and deeper so that we don't have to write, look closely at the words or the notes so that we can listen to the people around us in their harmonies as well. And the, the final thing I want to say is that there's a clear ending. And um, having, having been in the Middle East and, and having um, experience in different Christian traditions, a beautiful thing about all the Abrahamic traditions is the word amen. I used to, when I was a kid, I used to thought they were talking about men. Um, I thought that's just kind of funny that we would talk about all men. Um, but um, in, in, in Arabic, it's amin. And, um, and that word is, it was, I think, a, deliberate, a very deliberate um, and obviously a very useful word for us to, not that we stop praying, right, but that we stop this prayer, that we say, this is, this is my prayer, God, amen. Now I'll go to the next prayer, right? Um, some of the mystics in the Christian tradition, I think Thomas Merton talked about praying without ceasing, Yes, we can pray without cease, but 
It's good to take a break sometimes. It's good to say, this prayer, this prayer ends now. Amen. This is my prayer, O God. So having an end to a form is really important because then we know that we can breathe. So I'm going to, this is the second part, I'm going to um, invite you into a form. And and this form um, is not part of what we do at Advos, but it's a form that I personally have used. And and, um, again, I I cannot tell you which which, um, Christian mystic that this came from, but... um, I believe everything comes back to Thomas Merton in my head. I've done this research. But someone once said, uh, if if you have one prayer, if you have the chance to make one prayer, let it be thank you. And I have found the use of gratitude to be so expansive. I would like to offer this as a a form to think and a a prayer. So um, I'm going to invite you to, to pray with me, but pray for yourself. Uh, not for yourself, but for those around you, actually. So, um, so the form is warming up. Um, be comfortable. And take a deep breath where you are. And I want you to, um, to be able to close your eyes. You don't need to. But I want you to, um, just in, in that next breath that you have, allow yourself to see a person. One person who's close to you. And I want you to say, or I'm going to invite you to say, thank you. Thank you, God, for that person. And take a breath. And I want to invite you to see another person, or maybe it's the same person. Maybe that person, the first person, so has such a presence that you need more prayer with them. And you just see that person again. And invite you to say, thank you. Thank you, God. I invite you to take another breath. And see another person, perhaps. And allow the next person to be somebody with whom you have some brokenness. Maybe it was just an argument last night or this weekend. Maybe it's a long-standing brokenness. So to hold that person in that prayer, the image of that person... I want you to say, or invite you to say, thank you. Thank you, God. And a breath. Amen. So I'm going to do something a little bit different and a little risky, which is to welcome you to call out a word of response, something perhaps that, that captures the feeling 
of doing that prayer. Anyone want to call out a word? How was that prayer? How did it, what did it do to you? Just a word or a phrase? Anyone? Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Focused. Focused. Yes. Yes. Is that yes? Okay. Peaceful. Peaceful. Acceptance. Acceptance. Healing. Healing. Release. Release. This is part of the next prayer, by the way. Thank you for for, um, calling that out. Because I think just giving you an opportunity to have space around the prayer is also part of what makes a form meaningful, right? To be able to reflect on it. So now what? How do you take that prayer to the next thing? How do we, when we're in conflict or in brokenness, take, that, take a prayer like that, take a heart that begins to soften, at least that's how I experience this prayer, to the next place? to perhaps a hard, hard conversation. Maybe it's a, an awkward moment you foresee. So that part we're going to have to say to be continued. Because what I wanted to give you in thinking about warming up and thinking about, uh, thinking about repetition, trying something again and again, thinking about rules, thinking about opening and, and closing are all to say that some of this we're on our own, right? Some of this God left us to decide how to do, to help bring form, to help bring the forms of peace to the world. But some of them were not on our own. Some of them have been crafted over many years. And, and for that, I am exceptionally grateful that years and years ago, and so much, again, goes back to this community and the larger Mennonite community, were pioneers in developing mediation techniques, pioneers in developing restorative justice. We don't have to reinvent those techniques. We don't have to reinvent those forms. They have been perhaps painstakingly crafted, developed, and and evaluated, and and really are among many durable forms that we can use to, uh, to bring brokenness to healing. So um, I'm going to say a few words about our work, and I'm going to show a, a, begin a story by showing a video. And um, <clears throat> the, the essence of the forms of ADVOS, which are both Center for Community Peacemaking and Conflict Resolution Services, which were, was the Lancaster Mediation Center, are about face-to-face forms, are about bringing people together who either had a really hard time coming together or don't want to be together, perhaps, um, but bringing them together in a way, in a structured way, that they can hear each other, that they can speak, that they can get all the feelings out, and that they can welcome the feelings that are really hard from the other people involved. And, and to very often in these forums allow for a shift to happen, 
allow for the relationship to change. And um, in the beginning when, not in the beginning when God created the heavens and earth, but in the beginning when either both of these organizations were created in 1980, uh, the Lancaster Mediation Center was founded 14 years before LaVorp. Um, it was about simply just an alternative to the court system and allowing mediation to be uh, something that people experience healing and, let's say, also um, a lower-cost, more efficient alternative to, uh, as, as we say in the mediation business, lawyer, lawyering up, right? No offense to lawyers, um, but uh, many lawyers would prefer to use mediation than, um, than a combative uh, a combative structure like the court any day, and I know at least some of them are here. So, um, so the other part um, in Lavorp, bringing face-to-face reconciliation or the opportunity for reconciliation, happened in the context of of kids who broke the law. Juveniles, about 200 cases a year, 400 people a year would be referred to Lavorp and, and now Advos to uh, to allow for the people that were harmed to meet the youth, very often they didn't know, who had broken into their car or who had destroyed their their front porch, um, to actually meet the people who did it and to be able to get it out, what I feel, and be able to hear their story. And again, allowing for that shift. So um, the, the reason for the merger happened because we were doing similar forms but in different contexts. And more and more, we were both seeing the need to get out in front of what we were doing, to, to look at working in our community in a proactive way, to giving skills for people to be able to do the forms themselves, for example, in schools. And uh, we did not want to compete in that work. It felt whole and right that we join together and do that together. So... Um, so this is a story of, uh, that happened a little more than a year ago, but we, we just heard the accounts of this story uh, that you're going to see um, a couple of months ago, and we shared it for the first time in, in, at our annual dinner in May. And I want to just, it's a story of, of three girls and many people who were harmed, including a whole community, who were harmed by the actions that they were involved in and that they committed. And that became a, a legal and a court issue that we, as an organization, as facilitators, began to give form to reconciling that harm. And um, one more thing I should say, just as a caveat about this story. Um, there's, in the video, there are a few uh, depictions of graffiti, which are perhaps um, may be offensive, um, but they're very short, and I, 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 in my discernment, I think that you will understand the reason for us to have some of these depictions to understand the gravity of the situation. So um, without further ado, we'll hear that for the technological glitches. Um, My acting skills don't quite go so far as to be able to finish this video. But but I can give you a quote from Don Sensenig, who I'm sure many of you know, our facilitator, who who facilitated this case. 
um, one of his last phrases here, and just hearing him give this account, I often break into tears myself. But he says, it works, I guess. <laughs> and, you know, it's so Don, um, such a, you know, a humble spirit. Um, and he's told me about facilitating case, other cases, how he does a lot to make it happen, to make the meeting happen, then he sits back. He doesn't do a lot. He just makes sure that each person has the chance to speak and to, to listen. Makes it sound so easy. But there's another part of the story that I want to end with. <clears throat> Usually when we talk about restorative justice and mediation, we talk about so much of our work being with, with kids. Uh, because when we give them the opportunity to go beyond sort of offenders, to go beyond being offenders, to be able to be healers, to, to be able to be responsible people who respond to situations they did with their own, their own willingness and their own creativity to say, hey, I can help repaint. In fact, that one of the girls offered to help, to help do some repair and was involved in some repair of one of the buildings. And uh, one of the girls also offered to, um, to make an apology at the borough council meeting which she did. She, in, in conjunction with Don, kind of um, went through uh, writing and preparing a, an apology and something to say and stood there in front of all these adults. We're talking about a 13-year-old girl, right? <laughs> stood in front of all these adults and apologized and talked about the incident and, and, and took responsibility for it. And then also talk, talked about what she was doing as a res since the incident to take responsibility um, in addition to coming to that borough council meeting. And at that, at that borough council meeting, uh, as she was speaking, uh, the, the mayor of Ephrata stood up, walked across the room, and gave her a hug, <laughs> right? Not something you happen to see every day in town government. Well, it doesn't end there either. Um, so much of our work is about that investment in the young people and our future of our community. But what about the people who are harmed? What about people who, who are adults? Don't we still need healing? So Molly, the woman who spoke in that video, um, I, we invited her and one other person who was part of that process um, to our annual dinner. And to partly just to be part of it and partly also to thank them for um, taking the time, taking a, an afternoon and sharing their story in, in that video. And um, she wrote to me an email. Two days later, she sent, she sent me an email. And I want to read it to you with her permission. So I want to thank you and Angela for inviting my husband and I to the Adverse event. Now, I didn't. I didn't prompt her to do this, by the way. So um, it just blows my mind um, that, you know, the generosity and thoughtfulness that she gave to us. It, it, the Advos event was a humbling and inspiring occasion. I did not grow up in an environment that taught peace and reconciliation. Quite the opposite. Being enveloped by the experience 
of the victim reconciliation, contact with your agency and personnel, and being exposed to the philosophy of Arun Gandhi has expanded and exposed my heart to another way of being. I don't think it's an accident that I was placed within this sphere. I have prayed for many years that God would soften my heart and heart and give me peace from the reflexive anger that bubbles to the surface in reaction to many events in my life. I think he put me in this place, in this time, to learn how to have a different approach to the world. Thank you again for reaching out to me. At some point, I would also like to serve in whatever way I can with your work. Molly Sollenberger, May 6, 2017. Wow. Your support does this. Thank you. In mediation, sometimes we say, trust the process. means that we don't have to do so much as mediators. We just need to hold to the form that's given. And things amazingly work out, even when we're scared or frightened that they're going off the rails. We see about 500 people like Molly every year, whether they're victims, offenders, whether people coming in with broken situations and conflicts. People who we asked to trust the process, to trust the form. It takes a lot of courage for people like Molly to be a part. And we're grateful for that courage. I invite you into that courage too. Because many of us come with so much love, but not sure how to give it form. Over and over in my journey with the family of Christ, I see that as the gap. Not just having love, but understanding that we need to give them that love form to allow God's light, Christ's light, to shine through us. I thank you again for your community's support of this work, of giving form to love, and invite you to continue the courage to step into those forms, to trust those forms of love, even when it seems really hard. Thank you and amen.